Karma fam. Hi, Karma fam. It's us. It's us. And Indra, can I just say something? Yeah. I think I've forgotten how to um, like communicate with people <laughs> because of COVID. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um. Yeah, it's been almost a year of this shit. Like my social skills are gone. They're just gone. Social skills are gone. I mean, just like when we started talking, I was coming in hot. I just don't know how to... You know what? Like... I don't know how much you want to share on the podcast, but I just want everyone to know that Deanna is going through an intense week right now. Like, thank you. Moving, starting a new school program, um, like just other bullshit, a a ton of bullshit. (laughs) Like it's it's a shitstorm right now. So the fact that you're even here talking to me right now is a minor miracle. And I just want to say that Indra is amazing and she, her kid is now in daycare for 40 hours a week. So she is. I am free as a bird. Like we are in opposite spaces right now. You're like so overwhelmed and I'm like. You're easy breezy, beautiful cover girl. I finally have a 40 hour work week back, which I can't believe it has been. Since when though, Indra? Since when? Tell them. Since March, what was it? 13th, 2020? Like literally 11 months of this shit. So I am celebrating this week. And also, February sucks, though. It's like February cold. blows. I mean, I woke up today and it was like 10 degrees. I'm like, what's this shit? <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, Boulder is generally really nice in the winter. Like, you'll get 60 degree days regularly. But we're definitely in like an actual cold stretch now. And I'm just like, I'm ready for spring. Bring it oh on. Oh, my gosh. When I see like the little buds start on the trees, I get <sighs> so happy. I know. So, but you know what? Carver found one crocus, so that's a good sign. Already? Already, he found. I was like, "What is this?" He's like, "I picked it." I was like, "This is a crocus. This is the best news ever." So, spring is on the way, everyone. You heard it Hopefully. from us first. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, I guess we should just talk about our guest for this week. Mm-hmm. So exciting. So the way that I kind of stumbled upon her is she is an artist. Her name is Hanifa Abdul Hamid, and she has an Instagram page called Colors of Honey. And you may have seen her artwork uh, floating around. I picked up on it because she made this really beautiful portrait of Kamala Harris before the election that you may have seen it. It said vote for auntie and it was her in a sari and just like a really beautiful, colorful portrayal of her and it's gone viral like it's been printed on t-shirts like you'll see all these celebrities like wearing it and stuff and so I actually posted that photo not knowing it was hers or that sorry not photo it's a piece of art on our Instagram page the day that the election was called to like kind of celebrate and then someone was like well you should give credit to the artist and I was like yeah of course and that's kind of how I really dug into her artwork and her page and she is like she's amazing I mean she's amazing and you know the fact that she you know you we hear in the interview how her artwork has changed mm-hmm. as she shifted her focus to more social justice issues. Yes. It's so amazing to see like, and she focuses a lot on like South Asian f- social justice things, but also, you know, things that pertain just to 
general things in our life and injustices that are happening that she's using her art and her platform to kind of bring those things to light. So I will often repost her artwork in our stories on Instagram just because I I agree with everything pretty much that she puts yeah. out there. She she says herself that she's like a huge advocate for feminism. Um, she talks about it all in this interview and kind of how she got to where she is now, like what she's doing, how that photo became viral, all these things. Um, it's the first artist we've talked to. She also talks about um, her experience as uh, an Indian American who's also Muslim which is not as common as Indian Americans who might have grown up in a Hindu household or another kind of religious background. So she talks about that as well, which I think is really interesting. It's a great interview. Um, We're really excited to bring it to you. Is there anything else we need to tell the listeners this week? Um, I think it's just um, be sure to subscribe Family Karma Cast. Mm -hmm. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And um, please leave us some reviews. Yeah, we want some more reviews. We love those five stars. (laughs) We love those five stars. All right, so... Enjoy this interview with Hanifa from the Colors of Honey Instagram account. Please follow her and enjoy our little chat with her. Thanks for listening. So how do you pronounce your name? It's Hanifa, like honey and then fa. Oh, okay. So is that how your uh, Instagram name or artist name came up? Yeah, yeah. Um... So my, my husband came up with it. He he knew, like, my nickname is Honey. So then, and I, in general, as an artist, I love color. So he's like, color is a honey. Yes, I love it. So I have so many questions about, like, your artwork and everything. But it would be great to kind of just get, like, a history and background of, like, growing up in America as, uh, well, I guess I'm not sure, are you... Indian American or South, like what kind of South Asian American are you? I guess yeah, I'm. I'm actually an Indian American, um, but okay. I wasn't born here. So okay, yeah, I was born in Saudi Arabia, um, and then I lived there for five years, and then I moved to India, lived there for a year, and then I moved to Canada, and I lived there for five more years and then finally I moved to the U.S. and I've been in New Jersey ever since. I moved to Chicago in between Wow. Um, for work but it was just for two years. Do you remember Saudi Saudi Arabia? Yeah what were your parents doing there? Um, my dad uh, he was a mechanical engineer and he got a job in Saudi, Ara- Saudi Arabia. Um, my mom of course could not work at that time um, so whatever I remember it's from her and my dad's memories and and pictures here and there. I remember the house, but I was a kid, so there weren't that many regulations or rules against me or anything like that. I just remember my mom uh, had to wear the full covering, the burqa, and she was so excited to like let it go uh, when she came mm-hmm. to Canada. She was like, she just yeah. tossed it out. She was like, good riddance. <laughs> Um, but now she has like sometimes she recalls like good memories she's like I never had to dress up I never had to like put on makeup I never had to do any of that I could just put this on my like nightdress and it was fine 
but I, I don't think she would ever want to go back. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. Yeah. yeah. And then so so then you moved to India. Do you remember India at all? I don't remember India from that time, but I do visit quite often. I visit or uh, I was visiting at least like once a year. So from those times, obviously, I remember. And I usually go to Hyderabad. That's where my parents are specifically from. And I'm from the old city part of Hyderabad. Hyderabad's usually known as tech city. Um, mm-hmm. And people, when they think of Hyderabad, they think of like the new city where there's like skyscrapers, there's like a bunch of tech companies and all that. But I'm on like the opposite end of that where it's like super old, super conservative, very historical. Yeah. So is it kind of like the San Francisco of India? That's an interesting yeah. comparison. Um, I guess so. I guess it's like the San Francisco of India. Yeah, can describe it that way. Yeah, with the tech and everything and the old yeah. parts of it that still retain <laughs> their history. Yeah. Old, very conservative parts. Though. Yeah. And then how about where in Canada did you live? I lived in Ottawa. That That I remember pretty well because I was, I think, 10 when I moved to the U.S., about 10 or 11, yeah. Uh, so I lived in Ottawa and snowed a lot. I remember it being super snowy and I remember being forced to go to school, uh, even though like sometimes the snow would come up to like our hips and we would still be like sweating, <laughs> so we'd still have to oh go to God. school. Um, oh my gosh. That. And then moving to the US where like, if it like snowed like two inches, it'd be like, no school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've all, I all, I have this like vision of Canada and I know it's not everywhere like I know Toronto is really diverse I guess I don't know as much about Ottawa but it feels like there are a lot more South Asians in Canada than there are in the US and like South Asian culture is like for lack of a better way to say it is like a little bit more respected there but does that at all ring true to you am I totally off No no I, that definitely rings true to me at least um, I, I, when I was in Canada, I would, I lived in Ottawa, but now I have a lot more family in Toronto. So I visit Toronto quite often and, um, I look at my cousins, um, and their friends and they're surrounded by like South Asian, like friends they, and like culture in general, whereas I wasn't as much surrounded by that over here. Uh, most of my friends are South Asian, but, um, but we weren't surrounded like they were uh, with that all like with like with that culture in general. So it's interesting to see. I definitely see that a lot. I, I'm Muslim. I'm Muslim Indian. And in Canada, there whenever we go to Toronto, there's a lot more halal food options for us than there mm. are. And so when did art start playing like a dominant role in your life? Yeah. So I I always loved drawing in general. Um, as a little kid, I always loved like just paper, pencil, I always had that in hand. Uh, and I think when I was 10, I was watching Oprah. And <laughs> as you do when you're 10. Yes. <laughs> uh, I was watching Oprah and um, Valentino, this designer, this Italian designer came on and I just fell in love with his designs. And then after that, like immediately after that, I started drawing and started sketching. And I have this whole book binder full of sketches and I would sketch every single day. Um, I did it for almost 10 years and I wanted to go into fashion design. 
for the longest time. I always loved art, fine arts in general, but I specifically wanted to go into graphic and to fashion design. So were you doing those long silhouettes that designers do? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love doing that. That that's exactly what I would do. And I sometimes I would like cut up um pieces of of fabric too and like keep it on the side. I would draw patterns. Um I loved all of that. I didn't like sewing that much. Um so I didn't like actually doing it. I just like designing it. Um, but I didn't end up studying it in college. Instead, I decided to do graphic design um, because um, I went to a state university and my state university didn't have fashion design. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll study graphic design instead. And then it might even be similar to fashion design, who knows? And somehow I'll maneuver to fashion one day in the future. So that that was my thought process, but I never ended up doing fashion at all. Completely scrapped that. I I attempted actually to like get graphic design internships at like fashion houses, mm-hmm. but I didn't like the culture at all. Oh, interesting. Yeah. What didn't you like about the culture? I just thought they were super stuck up and it was too fast paced for me. It was I don't know, they weren't friendly. Um the other internships I got were more uh, tech related and they were just much more friendlier and open and there were m- many more benefits and better pay um, <laughs> so yeah I just didn't end up doing uh, fashion design altogether scrapped it I mean I still love fashion in general uh, personally but um, I haven't pursued it in other ways what did your parents think about taking kind of a more artistic route in your career than some of the things we hear about South Asian parents typically wanting their kids to do. Yeah, my my dad. So my dad's a mechanical engineer, and my mom's um, in the med- medicine field. Like she's a, a clinical researcher. So they're both like you know super South Asian like <laughs> professional. But actually, my parents were super supportive. They always knew I loved art in general, um, and they weirdly enough when I decided to do graphic design and didn't like do uh, fashion design they were just like boy what happened I thought you were going to go into fashion even though graphic design is much more better in terms of getting a job than yeah. fashion design mm-hmm. they were like wait 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 what happened to your whole like plan um so yeah no my parents were super supportive oh, wow did you feel lucky like did you see your other South Asian friends like not having the same experiences as you because that sounds like really amazing to me (laughs) um i i didn't see my friends ever struggling with that um they all went into fields that they enjoyed at least um so none of my friends or anyone close maybe my husband a little bit because uh, he wanted to he struggled a little bit with it Um, uh, in the end they agreed to it but he wanted to be a writer um, and obviously his parents wanted him to go into like maybe engineering or something else. But yeah. Do you remember uh, or was there um, like a South Asian artist that you took a shine to, whether it was like male or female that you remember kind of following or that you are following now? Um, I like this artist. Her name is um, Shiza Malik. I can't remember her full name, but I know her account name at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she's a Pakistani um, artist and I just love her use of like color um, and texture and like really bold um, 
like strokes in general. Um, so I really like her as an illustrator. I started following her and that kind of inspired me to like create my own work and then like also steer towards more like South Asian related um, art. Uh, otherwise, I wasn't initially creating very South Asian inspired work. What visually do you remember that maybe you incorporate now of being a kid and visiting India? Like what are the, the like as an artist, what do you think you picked up? So uh, like, I, like I said, I've always loved fashion. So I think I try to include like textile and patterns a lot into my work. Um, uh, especially like in India, when we go to Hyderabad, um, I live right next to the Charminar um, in Old City. And that place is just like filled with like clothing stores with like people selling um, fabric and all. So like I remember hopping or I it's pretty recent actually. So <laughs> I remember hopping around different stores looking for fabric and then using that to like sculpt an outfit together. Um, so yeah, I remember all of the textiles, all of the patterns and all that. What year was it when you were studying graphic design in college? Uh, it was, I graduated 2016. So I started 2012. Okay. So like social media and stuff had like been in the game for a while. I can't remember when did Instagram start like 2012 or I don't know. I got my phone 20, when I was, 2010, yeah, 2009, I because I was really late to the game in terms of getting a phone in general. Uh-huh. And then getting Instagram. So that was that platform was like kind of there, like as an artist and a digital creator, were you like, I'm gonna put myself on Instagram like immediately? Did it take some time to get to that point? Like, how did your art, I guess, kind of like mesh with your social media journey? I actually so once I graduated, I didn't like I would create my own personal work, but I wouldn't put it up online at all. Um, and it was I I didn't I hardly did any digital work. Um, I did graphic design work, but I didn't do digital illustrations. But they were like two separate things. They were either I would just draw on a pencil paper, and, or I would do graphic design work. And then slowly, very slowly, actually, I started just taking my like the pencil and paper work. I started like taking a picture of it. Um, or scanning it in and then tweaking around with it um, on Photoshop. But it still wasn't completely digital. Um, only during the pandemic did I kind of start doing more uh, digital illustrations. So I just had more time. So um, I had this account with me uh, at where I would put just random stuff, like random art, like photography. I like fashion, so like fashion, random things on it. Um, and I never put illustrations until the pandemic. And I was like, let me start doing something like and making it a habit. So then I started doing those illustrations and I did it like I would create like three per week or something because I had tons of time. So I just kept like working on it, working on it and just posting it. And then eventually it got bigger and bigger. And bigger. So what advice do you give people that are seeing the kind of your trajectory and how popular you are. So you said you kind of put three things up every week. Looking back, do you think that's what kind of brought you to this position of having X amount of followers and people know your work? Yeah, I definitely feel like a persistence and like consistently putting up work 
um, like no matter like the quality, mm. the quality I feel like will grow over time, at least for me. I mean, you should create the kind of work that you want to create, not the kind of work that mm -hmm. like, mm, I feel like, like social media might like this work. So let me create this. Obviously, you should try to create the work that you'd like to create, but keep working on it um, instead of just being like, I don't know if I should post this. I don't know. I don't know. Just like, just put it out there um, and you'll, you're bound to get good uh, results from that. We've talked to like, you know, creative people across many industries lately. And I feel like this is a theme that comes up a lot is like, don't let perfection stand in the way of like putting your work out there and having people see it because I, we talked to a filmmaker who said pretty like almost exactly the same thing. Like if you don't put it out there, like it will get better. You just have to, yeah. you just can't worry too much about it being like so perfect. So I think that's the thing with social media, especially if you're going to put your work out there on social media, I don't think there's ever a time where it's like absolutely perfect. Like there's people find <laughs> the most smallest things to pick on. <laughs> so there will never be a time that it will be absolutely perfect. Yeah. And so like this started in the pandemic. And I mean, a lot of your artwork has a very like it's about social justice. Like it has a political meaning behind it. And um, has your artwork always been that way or has it changed or? Yeah, it, it changed. It definitely changed. I started off with just drawing like fashion, like stuff that I like to draw and like flowers, fashion, all of that. I mean, I like to draw like all these social <laughs> causes too, obviously. But um, my, my cousin, uh, so I started putting that kind of work out there. Uh, and my cousin, she reached out to me and she told me, she made me watch this uh, Pakistani serial. And it was about a rape victim and how society treats her afterwards. And she was obsessed with the show. It was a pretty good show. And she's like, you need to create something about this topic. Like you're super passionate. I'm super passionate about feminism. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's like, why don't you create artwork around these topics? Um, so she kind of persuaded me. And then I was hesitant at first to put artwork about this topic out there for everyone to see. But then I did it anyway. And then I got pretty good like feedback. And, and then that's kind of how it started. And then I just, every time like I put new artwork out there, it's like I'm getting more and more comfortable with putting out my views. Um, I was really, I was really scared at first, um, like what people would say, what like my family would say, all of that. But like it, every single time, it, it got better and better. Like it's like, oh, okay, I can put this work. I don't care what other people think. What has your family's reaction been to it? Like, has has there ever been something that you've put out that maybe they don't agree with? It's a social issue or something like that. Um, so my parents aren't on social media. Okay, that helps. <laughs> but also, I do share my artwork with them. Um, and I, I have like this huge caption that I'll also send them uh, as well. So it's like they, they can't quite argue against it. Mm -hmm. um, so they're just like, yeah, yeah, totally agree, agree. Um, even though <laughs> like, like this was inspired by you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, has it been like for me looking at it as like a brown woman growing up in the US and feeling all these things and not feeling like I can express them really until like very recently and like on this podcast even it's like seeing your artwork I'm like oh my gosh what a relief to like see my experience told by someone else through art like it's so it's it's so new I mean it's really like in the last year that I'm seeing stuff like this um has it been like has it filled like a void for you in any way yeah, it's definitely like a reassurance. It's like, okay, I'm not alone in the way that I think. Um, and yeah, I think that also helps in like breaking that. Like, I feel more confident. Like every single time I put in artwork, it's like people agree. And it's like, oh, okay, people agree with like what I'm thinking. I'm not like on my own about this. So yeah, it's definitely reassuring. And it's reassuring to also see other artists put out similar kind of work too. So it's like, okay. We're all kind of going through the same experiences. How has um, like creating and doing what you're doing helped you follow certain news stories and digest them? Like, are you are you ex- are you reading more news the more you create, or are you trying to read less? And no, I'm definitely reading a lot more than I normally do. I I hardly have read the news before, um, and I was like very passionate about feminism. Um, but I wasn't as passionate about politics until more recently. Um, and I started reading a lot more. Um, I read the New York Times every single day now. Um, so like, it's just, it's it's a good habit now. Like, it's just like, it's making me more worldly. Not just, I was also, I also felt like I was in a bubble in terms of just like hearing um, news about the US. Now I'm, I listen to like, news whatever's happening in india especially and in general around the world but specifically india too so sorry but for like our south asian maybe american listeners what what story um that's going on worldwide that involves maybe in india south asians that do you think we should be paying attention to right now definitely the the farmers farmers. yeah i was gonna say but maybe i don't know yeah yeah have you done a have you done an artwork about that yet i feel like i haven't seen one yet i have yeah i did it um the farmers protest has been going on for like a couple of months now yeah i did it a couple months a month back I, i can't remember but um a couple of months back yeah Indra, that's all of our Twitter feed right now, by the way. Well, I was actually just working on like an Instagram video today where I was explaining it because... Oh, gosh. Okay. Because I feel like it is something where like I feel kind of like ashamed of myself as a South Asian because I'm like, I know this is important, but I don't understand the details of what's going on. So I finally educated myself a little bit. But, but like, the big picture is that um, the government is trying to um, pass this bill, which, um, which really hurts the farmers in general in India. Um, and at the moment, they, the India government decided to suspend it, but um, the farmers want them to repeal it completely. It's basically like the government instituted all these laws to basically privatize the agricultural system. 
um, which they're trying to say like, oh, this is good for farmers. It eliminates the government like being the middleman so they can like get the best prices for their crops and things um, by going directly to buyers. But in reality, it's giving corporations and special interests more power to kind of band together to push prices down so farmers' livelihoods and their whole industry is at risk. So even even actually before the protests, all of this was happening, there was a high rate of farmers committing suicide in India. Yes. A very high rate, yeah. Yeah, and that, you know, it's it's complicated because that points to the fact that, yes, there are issues with the agricultural system in India. It's not that, you know, nothing needs to be fixed, but the way they're going about fixing it is basically giving more power to people who already have power and mm. making those who, you know, everyday people and farmers, like, you know, putting them at a disadvantage. So, yeah, it's... <laughs> Rihanna like tweeted about it and now people are paying attention That's, leave it to Rihanna but you but know it, it's good that she brought attention and it is yeah yeah totally um, and a lot of um super Mo- Modi supporters in general and nationals in general um like despise her now and it's like Oh, interesting. Well, so this is something I wanted to talk to you about because I I don't know this for sure, but of most of the South Asians we've talked to so far, I'm not sure we've talked to many people who are Muslim. And I think that that's an important thing to mention, especially when we're talking about Modi, who is pushing forward Hindu nationalism in India and basically instituting all of these laws and ideologies that are very against Muslims in India. And it's, from my opinion, it's horrible. Like, I'm not religious, but my family is Hindu. So like, I feel like I've always benefited from that. And, you know, Muslims in India have a really hard time with stuff like this. So I would just love to hear from your perspective, like, what it's been like being a part of the Indian American community as a Muslim woman. Um, Being part of the um, Indian American um, community here. So most of my friends are, uh, none of my friends are Muslim actually. Um, So, and I, these friends, I grew up with them throughout uh, high school. So interestingly enough, I don't think anyone ever associated me as Muslim. Um, And, I don't like as an identity. I don't say I I don't. I usually say I'm South Asian. Then, then Muslim comes like second. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, since people didn't associate me as that, I never, I never got any hatred or anything like that. Uh, Whereas, interestingly, um, my brother got like the opposite um, treatment in terms of like he didn't have he like the people that he hung out with were very diverse. So. He would get picked on a lot by um, for being Muslim in general. Really? Yeah, over here in in America. Why do uh, you think that was? So he was friends with like diverse amount, like different like nationalities. So never like, and he didn't have like a group of friends, whereas I had a group of friends, and none of them were Muslim. So okay. I was like traveled with them or wherever. I did everything with them. So people 
I don't know, I guess people just didn't identify me as Muslim that way. Whereas my brother, he didn't have that group uh, of people surrounding him. So I guess he was an easy target that way. I'm not sure exactly, but he, um, it was just like the opposite treatment. Um, like I never faced any racism or anything like that. Uh, the more, most recently, actually, once I started putting out work out there, mm. that's actually when I started facing a lot of racism. Otherwise, um, in like, in my life, besides the social media, I don't face it at all. And, and I only heard, really heard about this whole thing uh, with the Modi government um, this year, kind of. Um, mm. And interestingly enough, though, uh, I, w I was in India and I was cleaning out my grandfather's closet and we found my husband and I, we found like this, I don't know if it was a note, some some like sign basically that my grandfather had kept in the back of his closet. And it was about having curfews uh, specifically targeted towards Muslims. Um, and that was years back, years, years yeah. back. Mm -hmm. But it was just interesting to read that, like it was specifically targeted towards Muslims. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering just being a kid in American Canada, did you see yourself at all in the media or anything you watched or read or? Um, as a kid, I did. I mean, very little. Uh, there was like Mindy Kaling, there was Cal Penn. Um, so there were a few of them here and there, but not, they, they were always, I guess, Americanized. Um, mm -hmm. And there was never like a full, like, um, South Asian identity being shown um, in media and I remember as a kid I was actually pretty like I would hi not hide the fact that I was South Asian but um, I would be embarrassed to bring like home-cooked food um, to as for lunch like my mom would make like like really good Indian food and I'd be really embarrassed to like open my lunchbox because like the smell would come and go everywhere and I would be embarrassed to wear like Indian clothes my mom made me like um, an Indian princess every Halloween. <laughs> so I had the um, same experience. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was just uh, growing up. I wanted to like distance myself from um, that as much as possible, and like I would, I don't know. Uh, so I'm, I'm full fully Indian in every sense, but um, I think like maybe like 5% or something is like um, Turkish or Yemen or something like that. Like a very small percentage. So I would like, oh, I'm actually this percentage of, <laughs> <laughs> of like Yemeni or Turkish or whatever. I'm actually not fully Indian. That's what I would say. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so embarrassing now. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's such a familiar story. That's another story that we hear time and time again from South Asian Americans. We just spoke to a group of South Asians who live in the UK who had a similar experience. I'm interested to hear that because, um, you know, I'm at least 10 years older than you, I think a little bit more. And, you know, Mindy Kaling and stuff was happening like when I was in college or maybe after that. And so I always thought like, oh, the young, the like younger South Asian American women who are watching this, like 
it must be so different for them. They must feel like so empowered and stuff like that. And it's just interesting to hear that like you still had a lot of the same insecurities that I had, even seeing yourself represented in the media just a little bit more than I did. <laughs> it's definitely much better now. It's so much better. I, I feel with this whole movement in general, um, people are much more open. But it could also, I don't know, it's like I can't quite tell whether it's just being more mature and not being in high school anymore or if if things are actually changing because at work, obviously, um, if I bring like Indian food or anything, people are like, oh my God, that looks so good. Like that mm-hmm. smells amazing. They're like super interested and people are, they, they've traveled a lot. They've like, they know about cultures, different cultures, all of that. They're pretty educated um, and they're respectful and all of these things. So I don't know if it's just being like more mature and being surrounded by more of a like adult surrounding being surrounded by adults in general Mm. or if things have actually changed that's a good point I think that there is something about adolescence where you just want to fit into what everyone else is doing and like I know I'll just speak for myself I wanted to just be like a white person and blend in with everyone else but that was impossible because I'm not white and you know, I didn't have that. But like, I think at that age, you just you don't want to stand out too much. But when you get older, it's like kind of cool to show off like the ways that you're different sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think if people have seen your work, I mean, they should follow you on Instagram. Absolutely. Colors of Honey. Would you say your most kind of viral piece of art was your um, illustration of Kamala Harris that said vote for auntie. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It was definitely the most viral piece of art. Um, and that's, that's all thanks to like, all the people that wore it. Um, and especially the I actually didn't come up with the idea myself. Um, so Nick, Doda, I don't know if you know, Nick Dodani and Rini Chipper, mm-hmm. they had come up with the idea, they wanted to create an artwork that would cater to the South Asian community. And they're both South Asian actors, um, South Asian American actors, actually. Um, so they reached out and they told me this idea. They're like, we want Kamala Harris in a sari and we want to say vote for auntie. So I was like, that sounds so cool. Let me like, you know, start illustrating. So then we went back and forth, back and forth. Um, and that's sort of how it came back. Oh my gosh. So did they like know of your work? Did they find you on Instagram? Are you friends or like, how did that happen? So one of them, um, Nick Dodani, um, I saw him in a TV show that I watched. So when he reached out, I was freaking out. (laughs) Wait, what TV show? I want to know. It's called Atypical. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have to watch that. Wait, was that, is it on Netflix? Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's really funny on it. And he's funny in person too. Um, But so he reached out and I was freaking out. And uh, he's like, get on a Zoom call with us. So I got on. (laughs) What? (laughs) Well, he didn't say it like that. He said it in my. (laughs) No, I'm just, I'm like, ooh, I'm feeling excited. (laughs) I'm not even just hearing the story. I know, totally. Yeah, so he's like, okay, get on a Zoom call. And then he explained the idea. And I was definitely all for it. Um, 
uh, and they just wanted to like get the South Asian community excited in general. So then I, um, we started um, illustrating it and she was initially in a sari and I put the sari version up, um, but Mina Harris for Phenomenal um, put the suit version up. And I was wondering if you heard from any South Asians that are not Kamala fans. Yes. Yes, um, a lot. Uh, there was so much. A back. lot. Um, there was, there were obviously there was good feedback, mm-hmm. as in like yes, representation, and then there was feedback of, uh, why are you putting her in a sari? She doesn't consider herself as South Asian. There was there were people who were completely against her, um, lots and lots and lots of comments against her in general. Yeah. Um, and then there were people who um, there was there was one more type of comment which was why I was drawing her in an, uh, sari and bindi because I'm Muslim and oh. sari and bindi are symbolic of Hinduism. Wow! So there were all different types of comments out there. Huh? I mean. Even on our podcast account, because I used went on the day that they won, I used your that illustration as our Instagram po- post to kind of celebrate. And we got so much, you know, love this, everything. And then but there were I got maybe two or three comments of people who were like clearly politically not on her side and they were saying vicious things about her and I was like block 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 but like I mean considering we got some of that like I can't even imagine how it's it's really interesting to to hear the like that people are spewing so much hatred via social media Mm. for something that like for art you know artwork this was, I think this might have been the first time where I was personally attacked. Usually mm-hmm. it's just like my artwork or like mm-hmm. the subjects that's attacked, which I can understand. Like if you have a different opinion, that's completely fine. If you don't agree with Kamala Harris, that's, that's okay. With her politics, I understand. Um, but they were attacking me yeah. um, in different ways. Um, like that, one of them was that. But then there were other ways to like, yeah, yeah, just like different ways. Like, um, they were like, I feel bad that she that that she has to draw this or something like that. Like, it, it was an amazing opportunity for me to like be able to do this. Um, but like, people were just really bad. I don't know. Yeah. Did you ever hear from Kamala Harris herself? No, no. I wish. That. Okay. <laughs> but she did I mean, approve of the art. So that's oh, like- perfect. <gasps> We did like I saw I've seen on your stories and stuff like pictures of like, you know, famous South Asian people wearing it. Was there anyone who like wore the shirt with the logo on it or the with the artwork on it who like you were like, oh, my God, like fangirl kind of. <laughs> um, uh, Lily Singh was definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Padma Lakshmi. There were so many. Mindy Killing. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, as they were flowing in, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) So um, tell our listeners about how they can find out more about your artwork and, like, where to buy your merchandise and stuff like that. Um, So you can find most of my artwork on my page, uh, which is on Instagram called Colors of Honey. 
and I have a shop. It's called colorsofhoney.com. And what can we expect from you with the um, like upcoming administration or, you know, with what's going on worldwide politics, like art wise, what can we expect? I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I never have anything like planned in advance. I usually do the artwork like just like in like two days or something. Mm-hmm. And it's very sporadic too. And it's just kind of like what I'm feeling at that time. Um, I actually have a list on my phone. It's like this long list of, I can show it to you even. It's a long like note list um, where- Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. Wow. <laughs> what? <It's really> long. <laughs> so it didn't even stop and she put it, like she put the phone down and the list was still going. Yeah, so it's a really long list of just ideas that I have. And um, like, I'll like, I don't know, see something or I'll talk to my friends about something, watch a movie, anything. And I'll just like write it down and like kind of inspires me in some way. Um, So sometimes here and there I'll like pick that out of like my notes and be like, okay, I feel like creating art around this. So I don't know. It just kind of depends on what I'm feeling. Do you get a lot of um, like commissions now from people who are like, I love your artwork and can you create this and this for me? Yeah, yeah, I do get commissioned work, um, but I only take a limited amount at a time because um, I still, it's really nice that they want commission work, but I still want the page and I still want to create artwork that I want to create and artwork that someone else wants me to create. Well, thank you so much, Hanifa. Yeah, thank you. It was so much fun talking to you guys. Absolutely. And we can't wait to like, I I love your page. Like every time you post something, I'm like, we have to put it on our page. And, um, oh. you know, I just feel like it's, it's just really great to see digital art being made around like the South Asian experience and the South Asian American experience. It's, it feels really fresh and new and exciting. Thank you. Love. 